Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared, and I'm here with my friends. This is Caleb. Hi, Caleb. And what up, Jared? Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Rob. You're Rob. Guys, it's so good to gather once again and be doing the the podcast. Uh, We, uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know if people have been paying attention, but... uh, it's been like four weeks since we did a podcast. A while. We took like kind of an impromptu summer break. I mean, I saw that Al Mohler was taking a break from the briefing. I was just like, man, like I called him up. I was just like, Al, you know, like we both have these really important podcasts. <laughs> and he said, you just got to take a break. Do like what I, I do. do. Yeah, yeah, he's take like, a break. look, I'm going on vacation. Create I'm, demand. You know, Create demand. And <laughs> exactly. That's what we're doing. <laughs> that's okay. No, uh, we just... Uh, we don't know we when have you have to take a lose it. Yeah, that's right. So. Well, we had some guests in to preach, and there there wasn't really a good way to uh, do a podcast with them, and then we just decided to take another week yeah. off. And, yeah. uh, well, we're back, and we're excited to uh, be with you guys again. And uh, thank you, Caleb and Rob, for taking time out of your evening to be here. Um, before we jump into these questions from uh, Sunday Sermon, just a reminder on text in questions. Uh, feel free during the sermon if you have a question about the content or about the, the scripture or about something being said that you don't quite understand or you're wondering how it works with something else, you know, any kind of question related to the sermon, feel free to text that question to 469-573-2920 and we endeavor to answer those here. So. Mm-hmm. Right on. Uh, Caleb, thank you so much for yes. the last two weeks of serving us uh, by by preaching the word. And uh, honestly, I just you did such a phenomenal job really serving us. And uh, I was edified. And, and I, I think it's exciting to see that you've been here for what has it been like two years now? You've been two, around two years this this week, I think. Oh, yeah. really? No way. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, yeah. what do you know? What yeah. a coinkadink. Time flies when you're having fun. That's crazy. Well, you've been here for two <laughs> years, man, and it's been exciting just seeing, you know, there's there's just a clear difference between, you know, when you came and you preached when you didn't know us and now that you mm-hmm. know us, that you love us and you understand what's going on in our lives and you're preaching to people you know versus yeah. to a church that you are new to. There's just such a, mm-hmm. a, a clear difference in that. And I just, I was encouraged by just seeing you preach with authority as, as as someone who is tasked with shepherding our church and uh, it was powerful and it was, it was exciting to see. So I just wanted to encourage you with that. And uh, we're just a very blessed church with having uh, pastors like you and and Rob, like you and, and Craig and Bob, just, it's a good place to be. So thanks for serving us so well. That's kind, man. That's kind. Yeah, man. Well, we got uh, two, two good questions from your sermon. So Mm -hmm. uh, you preached on Psalm uh, 51. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, let's go ahead and jump in on these. So okay. question one, does God have the same emotions as a human being, anger, sadness, compassion, love, etc.? If so, what separates God from humans? That's a good question. That's almost an age old question. I yeah. mean, theologian, theologians have been debating that yeah. for a while and actually they're uh, yeah. great godly gospel believing people land in different different that's areas. Exactly. And that's yeah. true. That's absolutely true. So my, my view, I don't, I haven't even discussed this with Rob. Maybe, maybe, maybe your pastors will. Yeah. Are we about a to have way. a debate <laughs> right here? <laughs> try not to. Is that allowed on here? <laughs> it would be good to have <laughs> gone over this a little bit more of it. <laughs> no. We, um, yeah, so let's, like let's, the, the, I take a different yeah. stand and this is really, 
you know, daunting to say. I, I would take a different stand than the Westminster Confession on this. <gasps> Caleb, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, a bit daunting, but uh, I think there's good company on that side too. Cool. So, so this is yeah. one view, and this isn't really a dividing. Uh, this doesn't have to be a dividing view. We, we could yeah. we have people that land different. Um, so the, the view that God does not have emotions is called his impassibility. That's what theologians mm. call it, his impassibility. Mm-hmm. And again, it's held by many Christians, even the Westminster Confession yeah. of Faith adheres to that. And what I, I think, I think it is a way to protect the vital attribute of his of God's unchangeableness or what theologians call his immutability. So I, I personally don't believe that you lose his unchangeableness when you when we affirm his emotions. Mm. Um uh, we don't lose his immutability when we reject his impassibility. So Wayne, Wayne Grudem defines the unchangeableness of God well. I think he says, God is unchanging in his being, mm-hmm. perfections, purposes, and promises. Yet God does act and feel emotions, and he acts and feels differently in response to different situations. So. The idea that God uh, doesn't have passions or emotions actually conflicts with a lot of scripture. Mm. Uh, God, he's the origin of emotions. He created human beings with emotions. Yeah. And he certainly does feel emotions according to scripture. So let me just read several. Mm-hmm. And this, this is just skimming the tip of the iceberg. Um, God rejoices. So Isaiah yep. 62, 5 says, For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Hmm. So God rejoices. God is grieved. Psalm 78 says, How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Hmm. And Ephesians 4.30, uh, we see this in the New Testament as well. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay, so he's, he rejoices, he grieves, he, he, his wrath burns hot against his enemies, Exodus 32, hmm. 10. It says, now therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation of you. Okay, two more emotions. He pities his children, Psalm 103. Mm-hmm. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows mm-hmm. compassion to, the, to those who fear him. So compassion speaks to him being emotionally moved by, by mm-hmm. our infirmities. And, uh, and then finally, he loves. He loves with an everlasting love. So Isaiah 54, 8 says, In overflowing anger for a moment, I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love, I have compassion on you, mm-hmm. says the Lord, your Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Or Psalm 103 again, But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. So, mm-hmm. so it's, I, I don't think there's a question from the text whether God feels emotions. We the, again, this is just the tip of the iceberg. The main mm. difference is that God's feeling of emotions uh, and sin, uh, sinful human being's feeling of emotions uh, is that gods are never sinful. Mm. So God does not have sinful passions or yeah. emotions, mm-hmm. and humans do. So the way a person feels and thinks and acts is always tied to the uh, mission and master of his or her heart. Hmm. There's always a direct link. And the master and mission of a person's heart is often itself. Yeah. You know, self, we're self-enthroned, not Christ-enthroned. But God's mm-hmm. emotions always come from, 
I guess you could call it the master mission of his heart, which is always his, his, his glory, his goodness, his perfection, his beauty. Um, so, so that's, I think that's the main difference is, yeah. Yeah. Grudem says he is a God whose passions we are to imitate for all eternity as we like our creator hate sin and delight in righteousness. So He's actually, uh, uh, not all of our emotions are sinful either. We, we, mm-hmm. We're supposed to hate things that are e- evil and that he mm-hmm. hates. And we're supposed to love things that he yeah. loves. So are, we're supposed to uh, get our emotions in line with his. Yeah. That'd be my take on it. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think a, a natural like thought towards that is saying that's really helpful, but um, it, it's hard to understand you know, emotions not being the way we experience them. Because I think for all of us, we can feel almost like a volatility in our emotional life of one second I'm happy about something, the next I'm angry about something, you know, one second. And it, it might not even be necessarily sinful things. It might just right. be kind of the, the drama of human life mm-hmm. where one second something is exciting to you, the next you're kind of um, upset about another thing or, or, you know, you just have these, this constant back and forth. And so Mm -hmm. I think like, uh, kind of a place of worry is almost like, well, God certainly is not so back and forth as we are. Is he he fickle? Kind of the question, we're fickle, our emotions are fickle. Is he fickle? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that gets to the difference, difference between our emotions and if we're going to use that language, the emotions of God, mm. uh, without trampling too much on, you know, what <laughs> folks have said about the impassibility of God, but there is the, the emotional complexity of, of God, uh, uh, that he does not emote like us does mm. not mean that he does, that he has no, no emotions. Right. That's exactly where I'd be with Caleb, uh, because we're even, we're called, to think about uh, certain aspects of the way that he is described that are is supposed to build up our faith and our confidence. Like in in uh, in Hebrews, I believe this is chapter four, it could be six. I didn't write down to which chapter. Uh, <laughs> Hebrews six, I think it is. Since we have, uh, I have the words, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Mm. So there you've got, he is able to sympathize, to relate with, uh, with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect was tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near the near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So in these moments of need, we just feel we we need God's mercy and his grace. We're called to think about the reality that he he sympathizes with us. Yeah. Uh, he knows what we're going through. Yeah. He experienced Christ experienced. Uh, exactly what we went through, yeah. yet without sin, yeah, and because so he good. experienced that, he he sympathizes. So so then we have to ask our, ourselves the question: What does that mean for him to sympathize with us? Uh, means that he doesn't sympathize with us out of a, a lack yeah. or an emptiness, but out of a fullness. So uh, how can he how can he have grace on us in our time of need? Is not because he has a lack, but because yeah. he is. He has no lack. He is overflowing with fullness and, and with grace yeah, so that yeah. in our weakness, 
uh, we can go to him knowing that he relates to us out yeah. of fullness and not out of, yeah. uh, you know, a, an emptiness or, yeah. or that he's depleted. Like, where do we go if he's right. depleted? Right. Yeah. Where do we go if, if right. he's, if he's lacking, we have nobody to go to. <laughs> where do we catch him on a bad day? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, but, but he's not, he's overflowing with fullness. So I think, uh, you know, the way I sympathize with somebody in need is very different than the way that God sympathizes. Um, You're talking about his fullness, me. too. One of the things he's full of is wisdom. So he yes. sees everything perfectly all the time. We don't. One of the reasons we're fickle is, oh, here's an angle. Or here's, an, here's a different mm. angle. Or uh, I didn't see this before. Now I'm seeing it, so I'm angry. But oh, no, yep. no. Yeah. You know, he sees it all perfectly. That's There's good. no angle. He sees every angle at once. He's yeah. omniscient. He's, he's all-knowing. And he... Uh, he's also not yeah. experiencing time like we're experiencing right. it. You know, uh, he sees it all at the same time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we were talking about it. it was like I, I think that's one of the ways I've tried to understand uh, kind of this idea of God's emotions, and because we see places where it's like. You know, the Lord has, especially in the Old Testament, we see this where the Lord reveals his wrath against sin and then he relents upon repentance. Um, and so obviously there's that question of like, does God repent? Like that mm-hmm. idea that we've mm-hmm. seen in, in mm-hmm. scripture. And it's like this idea of the, in all places and times, God's wrath is revealed against sin. Mm-hmm. In all places and times, according to his character, God is merciful to those who are repentant yeah. and who come to him in humility. Um, he, in all places and times, he, he, he takes pity on the marginalized. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's been a helpful way for me to think about it. And it mm-hmm. simplifies it a little bit, but it's certainly that, you know, like we were discussing, the, these are aspects of probably a handful of different views right. that, that you could land on that, you know, I don't think we have landed on a place of saying one is more biblical than the other, but these might be ways of just helping us relate with our God, with, with our savior. And yeah. Rob, I really like how you brought up this idea of, of Christ being one who can sympathize with us because uh, I think in in a a special way because of the incarnation of because Christ came and he he walked among us he lived a human life a real human life I mean that's something we've discussed in our Christology class this summer is like Christ didn't come down and look like a human but was never human he was a real mm-hmm. human yeah. he took on a real human nature and he experienced the 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 depth and breadth of, right. of human life and suffering yep. and um, and all of that. And so I think it is really beautiful and helpful for us to not hide from this idea of God having emotions, but, but really run to it and find, mm-hmm. find comfort in the fact that we have a savior who, who understands us. We have a high priest who sympathizes with mm-hmm. us. I think that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that he is overflowing with, I, I get great comfort in the reality that God is overflowing right now with glory Mm. and joy and happiness Mm -hmm. that he is. I mean, I I have, I I, I have so many highs and lows and so many lows throughout my day where I'm just clamoring for, uh, some, some happiness. Oh God, you know, uh, you know, I have these highs and lows. I'm very emotionally all over the place. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. my emotions are like a roller coaster. And so what I value about uh, folks who are defending the immutability and the impassibility of God is they're, they're being careful to say, however we, however we think about it, biblically informed, however we think about the, the emotions of God, he is very different than us. That he is overflowing with happiness and joy, even in sympathizing with our weaknesses, even in entering into, in in some sense, 
my pain, yeah. even though it's not rocking him, like it's rocking me, he's right. entering in. It's very, still very different. And there's this uh, quote that I hope I'm not forcing this quote, but I love this quote from Jonathan <laughs> Edwards. Uh, when I read it years ago, it, it, it affected me greatly. Um, and he says this in the book, uh, The End for Which God Created the World. He says, God is infinitely, eternally, unchangeably, and independently glorious and happy Mm. that he cannot be profited by or receive anything from the creature or be the subject of any sufferings or diminution, dwindling of his glory and felicity or great Mm. happiness from any other being. So Edwards goes on to say things that, that, uh, that communicate that he is affected, you know, in another sense. So in another sense, he'll say in other places, oh, he, he, he takes great pleasure in our obedience and our worship. And when we bless him with, you know, our praise and when we repent of sin and that kind of thing that he takes pleasure in that it increases his joy. So he'll say things like that, but in that sense, but there's another sense where that does not affect him. He is yeah. overflowing with yeah. fullness of joy and happiness, yeah. which is, it just encourages me to yeah. realize that right now in this moment, he's overflowing with joy. Yeah. And, uh, whether or not I see it or not, whether or not the, I ever see the sun, the sun is shining bright behind the clouds. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it just, it just encourages me yeah, that yeah. way. That's good. It's good to know we don't serve a robot overlord. <laughs> but a yeah. God or who, what if it was the opposite of that? What if he was like upset? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We take yeah, it for yeah. granted that God is yeah. overflowing with joy. The scripture yeah. tells us. So that's good. Yeah. He, he, I imagine that, that is when he's looking at himself, he's got to respond with, overflowing eternal happiness and he doesn't yes. change. So he's always looking at himself and this yeah. is great that, you know, yeah. Overflow uh, of love and joy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Love it. Cool. Well, let's move on to our next question, uh, which is this says verse 13 sounds more like David is testing God or making false promises the way we do today. Like Lord, forgive me and I will do this or Lord cleanse me and I will ne- never again do blank. This seems more of an example of what we do rather than a changed King David. Your thoughts? Yeah. Well, friend, are you confessing something that uh, that uh, whoever wrote this? Are you confessing something that you do? <laughs> that is the strategy you do? I, I'm just playing. I think you, you're right. Uh, we do do that, uh, oftentimes naively, yeah. thinking we're stronger than we are. We 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 barter with God. Uh, Sometimes desperately and under, you know, in a way that can be very mm-hmm. understood. Um, and I think you see that a lot in, in the scripture, uh, people bartering with God. I, yeah. I don't think it's ever, uh, it's, it's described. I don't think it's ever prescribed in right. the scripture, but yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if this would be a good example, but Gideon saying, hey, put, put, you know, make the fleece mm-hmm. wet now and right. then, then I'll believe you and I'll make the fleece dry now and then I'll believe you. I yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a good example. I, I do know historically God's used our prayers like that for yeah. good outcomes. So like Martin Luther, if, if, for those of you who are familiar with Martin Luther, you'll remember that he was on his way to becoming a lawyer and then he got caught up in some sort of like awful lightning storm. And he, mm-hmm. he said, you know, God, if you, if you save, we all enter the monkhood. And that's, that's what got him to enter the monkhood is he didn't die. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so he's preparing to barter with God. If you yeah, do yeah, this, yeah. then I will do this. So if you're you saying God me. holds us to our stupid promises? 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I mean, sometimes I'd say I don't think it's a stupid promise, but it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I, guys, to get to the point, I, I don't think this is what David's actually doing here. I think one of the things that's helpful to see is that um, him writing this psalm is actually already a fulfillment of what he's doing. Mm. He's proclaiming, he's proclaiming, well, that, that was verse 13, uh, teaching transgressors your ways. If you do this, I will do this. Yeah. The very fact that he's writing this psalm is a fulfillment. I will teach transgressors your ways. I mean, I told, I told in the sermon, I read this, I don't know, mm-hmm. 3,000 years later, and he, David was teaching yeah. a transgressor God's way. So he did do yeah. this. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I also think it's helpful to see uh, the context. Um, in Second Samuel 12, David actually doesn't go away and pray this prayer. He mm. Nathan rebukes him, right, calls him out, and David's response is, is I've sinned against the Lord. And then mm. Nathan uh, immediately responds, the Lord has put away your sin and you shall not die. Mm. So this this doesn't seem to be, David's writing it for some reason to, to give us a, a model prayer to pray when we find ourselves in different yeah. circumstances, but this isn't really to memorialize right. an a, maybe an actual historical thing. It, the scriptures never say he went away and in between mm-hmm. or anything. Right. But it's important you're kind of pointing out the fact that That's this good. is separate from the moment of repentance. Like he's not writing this in his secret journal without intent of this like being seen. Um, this isn't, you know, being written in that moment of repentance, uh, like you're saying, because that was done publicly with with the prophet. This is after the fact. This is he's already experienced the grace. He's yeah. he's writing it. Uh, That's really good. He's yeah. writing it after the fact. Yeah. Where he's already to the choir it. master. <laughs> right. he's, he's writing it for the intent of being heard. Yeah. yeah. So this poem, this poem is an answer to the prayer in itself. Already, right. he's he's yeah he's writing it to the choir master for other people to sing. It's mm-hmm. interesting, and uh, he's singing it. And, yeah. So I think it's I think it's a prayer like Augustine prayers. There's a famous prayer uh, from Augustine. He mm-hmm. says, "Lord, mm-hmm. command what you will, and grant what you command." Yeah. Lord, command what you will, and grant what you command. This would be my modern day version. I just made up. Lord, you desire to give me a new new heart that thinks, feels, and acts right. Mm-hmm. This is what I want too. If you give me a new heart, then I will think, feel, and act right. Mm. I think that's what David's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's great. You want to do this? Yeah. You want this? I want it. Do yeah. it, and that, then it will happen. That's good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's outstanding. Helpful. That's really great. You have any thoughts on that, Rob? Uh, only that that's outstanding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was good. Totally agree. I'm lifting up my cup, and I, I need you to fill it. You know, it's it's yeah. this it's this idea that uh, I'm recognizing what you're calling me to do. Yeah. And in my recognition of that, I'm, I'm also confessing I need your grace yeah. to, to, to accomplish that, to make yeah. that happen. That's good. And when you see the link, I, I think, uh, when you see the link that, that when you receive mercy, you, mm-hmm. you're mobilized for mission. Mm-hmm. Like it's I a, love it's that a, you a, made you, that you, point. You put bread yeah. into my stomach and I'm full. You, uh, uh, when mercy restores a heart, mercy mobilizes a heart right. like it's a it's a it's an automatic it's i love that you made that point first off fantastic message I mean, you preach that from your heart from your own life i mean psalm 51 came to life for us on sunday because it 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 it, it came to life to, to you in a moment of uh of real need and sure. uh, yeah. and uh so i love that you made the point that if if 
if you've pressed into the mercy of God, if you've met the mercy of God, he's already mobilizing you. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we think that's going to be stage five and I'm in stage one, I'm meeting God's mercy now. And then way down the road somewhere, he might sort of mobilize me to be a blessing to others. And that's not what's happening right here in this, in this, in this moment. I mean, David's sort of teaching us, Holy Spirit's teaching us through Psalm 51 that as you're calling upon God's mercy uh, to f- cleanse you, there, there's also this call, this sending out to to tell other people yeah. Yeah. Of, of his of this great mercy. Mm, you know, yeah. this mercy is like a like a pebble dropped in the ocean that just the ripples start. The to, automatic ripple of a pebble dropping in the ocean. Yes, is, is, mm, you don't yeah. wait. Hey, don't don't make any more. Uh, no <laughs> yeah. no ripples. Uh, right now we're just focused on on this one little. And we, we, see, yeah, we see that in the New Testament, yeah. right? We see guys meeting Jesus, being changed, and then going out automatically. They're not like, oh, first I need a seminary education, and then I'll be the woman at to- The woman at the well, as soon as she is, she's exposed. She's completely exposed of her sin. Yep. And then she goes back to her town, and her testimony is, come and see the man who has told me everything I've ever done. Yeah. In other words, this person who 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 knows all of my sin, come see the man who told me all the bad things I've done in my life. Right. Yeah. That's mer- that is yeah. mercy She's mobilizing this uh, this lady, and then the whole town comes to Jesus yeah. because of her testimony. And you would think uh, you would need some other kind of missionary to that town. God knew exactly what that town needed. It was the yeah. testimony of that of that lady yeah. uh, going and and. Uh, and, and say, hey, I, he knows everything about me. I think of Legion too. I think of the, yeah. the guy that was possessed by Legion. He just got yeah. caught. Jesus said, <laughs> yeah. I want to get in the boat with you. Jesus said, no, you go and tell what go I've back done home. for you. Go yeah. back home and tell yep. them what I've done for you. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for hitting on these questions. And uh, again, you just did an outstanding job on Sunday. So thank thanks, you for guys. serving us. Absolutely. Um, to, to close things out, we, uh, I mean, unless we've all been under rocks the last couple you know weeks there's just been more waves of another kind of well-known church leader um well-known christian personality who has kind of um you know taken steps away from the faith uh and that's josh harris i think on the 17th he posted that his marriage uh is over that that him and his wife are getting a divorce and then four days ago uh kind of posted again that you know, just to clarify that he no longer considers himself a Christian. And, um, and, and so, I mean, you know, we don't need to like dive into the specifics and, and kind of tear, you know, tear apart his statements and figure out what's going on in his psyche and everything. But I I thought Mm -hmm. it'd just be helpful because I think, uh, for a lot of us, this is someone that we grew up with, you know, if we were ever Mm -hmm. in, you know, a, a youth group in the late nineties or early two thousands, Josh Harris was a name that was known. And sure, yeah. I mean, he, he pastored a church and he wrote good books, good right. Christian books. Yeah. Um, so I think this could be confusing. And so I just thought it'd be helpful for, uh, for us to kind of just talk about like, what is a good response for Christians to when this sort of thing happens? Mm-hmm. When we see someone who had apparently contended for the faith, who someone who had apparently walked with the Lord, who, who, uh, by, you know, by every, um, you know, by every way that we could see, um, was walking with Christ and serving Christ to now take steps like these. It's just, yeah. it's mm-hmm. shocking. It's surprising. It's, you know, and in a lot of ways, it seems like it's kind of out of left field. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what should our response be? 
Well, I'm, I'm, I've, I, it was heartbreaking. I found out yeah. the day before I preached. I couldn't write till Monty. I can't read it. I, this is too sad. I, I mm-hmm. this is too sad. It's confusing. Um, I, I think that this is my two takeaways. Um, is uh, I think God would have me lament mm-hmm. and have me to take care or watch. And I think both of those actually lead you to a third thing in, pray, in prayer. Mm. Um, so lament, you know, we talked about this two weeks ago, but lament's a lost art in our culture today. Yeah. Oftentimes when awful things happen, when tragedy happens, uh, the default response is just to point fingers mm. uh, and use it as an opportunity to back up our previously held beliefs, yeah. Yeah. even getting on social media and making those public. And um, right. mm-hmm. so I, often that's what we do. So, you know, we, we sadly let's, grab Let's our, learn lessons and let's move to that really fast. Yeah. Speculate, right. try to figure yeah. out what happened. Yeah. Before, before we acknowledge the genuine loss and grieve what actually happened. So, right. Right. so this, Josh has a, been a dear brother who seemed to love the gospel, who taught the, the Bible, mm-hmm. who contended for the faith, like you said. And was used big time uh, in Mm -hmm. in evangelical church. So I'd say let's lament, let's grieve this. Right now, it's a a big loss. Um, You know, I'll talk talk in a moment. You know, I think we got to pray with hope that that it won't be a loss forever. But I, I think we 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 grieve uh, with heartache, with tears. We we feel empathy for his family. Yeah, Yeah. he's got three kids. He's pastored people. Mm -hmm. They must be in a world of hurt of people. He's mentored people. Yeah. Um, so I think we, there's a lot to lament, a lot to grieve. And, uh, the second thing I'd say mm-hmm. is take care or to watch, like take care with my own faith or watch my own faith. And I get those words from, uh, first take care from Hebrews three. It says, take care brothers, lest there be any of you and an evil unbelieving, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God, but exhort one another every day as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. Mm-hmm. And it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. So mm. so take care. Then the, from First Timothy 4, uh, watch. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them mm-hmm. so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself mm-hmm. and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearer. So, mm. so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sobered by this. I, yeah. No one would have ever thought yeah. Joshua, he certainly didn't think my marriage is going to end. Yeah. No one would have ever thought his family were to fall apart. Um, I would say, don't assume your marriage is safe. Yeah. Don't think this could never happen to me. And don't assume your, 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 this could never happen to your faith as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like in your own strength, you know, um, you know, we depend on, on, on God's great mercy holding onto us and uh, both our marriage and our faith. And, and when we're depending on his mercy, we're, uh, we we press into his means of mercy yes. or his yeah. means of grace. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's why in that's Hebrew, Hebrews is all about persevering in the faith. It says, "Don't forsake the assembly," yeah. as is common. You know, that's that's a means of mercy. That's a means of grace. That's us saying, "We live by your mercy alone." You've established means. Um, we we go to his word. We go to prayer. We go to his people. So we mm-hmm. we're in community. We're known. We get counsel. I think. Uh, I think that's that's how I take it. So this this I, I don't want to ever say this could never happen to me. And so press into God's mercy. Yeah. And another thing, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this a little bit before here. I think 
if you read his confession, his 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 um, recanting of faith, you do see his seem to be an evolving view on a sexual ethic that's not a biblical mm-hmm. sexual ethic. Yeah. And I think that shows us how deadly the pill is of the of the worldly sexual ethic. So if we, I think, if we go with the current uh, sexual ethic, what our culture says is is good and beautiful, um, we're gonna eventually, not maybe not the next day, but we're gonna eventually be forced to take a different view of scripture. Yeah. And then we're eventually, if we take a different view of scripture, it's not really God's word, it's not really trustworthy, then yeah. we take then we lose Christ altogether. Yeah. And so this pill of the sexual revolution or this this good and beauty of a sexual ethic the culture's saying is is really there. It's almost like a, a lethal pill that might not have effects that day, but it works itself out. And I've yeah. guys, I've seen this with people who are dear to me, they, they, they first, they say, I'm a Christian, but I've changed my view mm-hmm. on sexuality. I'm, a, I'm adhering to mm-hmm. something. I know that I'm adhering to something and I'm holding the Bible and I'm doing both. And then their holding of the Bible erodes slowly. Yeah. And then now their, their faith is completely shipwrecked. So I think yeah. pay attention. That's a deadly pill out there. Uh, that that's, yeah. yeah, easier for us to grab without and swallow without knowing actually the long-term implications. Of and I think sometimes we get hung up on the debates of, well, how slippery is that slope or how steep is that slope without just acknowledging we can talk all day long about how slippery, you know, we can have differing degrees on, on differing views of how, how fast that, that slide comes or how quick mm-hmm. the drop off is or uh, that kind of thing. But I would totally agree that, we have to acknowledge that there is a slope and it yes. is slippery. And yeah. uh, when we make compromises, when we make compromises on the scripture, it, it, it leads us into a dangerous place. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, we don't know, you know, kind of what exactly, we don't want to pick apart the, the statement. Right. Uh, both those things were in that statement. And so, yeah. um, it seems to be. It seems to be pretty, pretty. Uh, some, some connection there, for sure. So it's to yeah. warn us or, or about the danger of, yeah. of taking on that. But yeah. so we we talked about this that this should lead us both the lament the lamenting and the yeah. taking care of watching should lead us to prayer with tears and hope. So prayers for yeah. for him. His story isn't over yet. Absolutely the scripture's not. filled with, pr- yeah. you know, the yeah. prodigal son. You know, he mm-hmm. his story's not over. So we should pray for him and his family that God would restore them. Yeah, would- let's believe. Let's believe this as a as a as a moment uh, that is uh, going to unfold something in the future that is very different than what we're seeing right now. And if we have faith for anybody, if we have hope for any prodigal running away, yeah. questioning their faith, uh, deconstructing, falling away, whatever they want to, whatever language they want to use for for going down a path that, that is heartbreaking for us to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not do that without hope. Let's not yeah. lament without hope. Let's believe um, and let's hope and let's pray and let's um, um, let's believe that, that God has, has something good the, on we the did, other We're, side we're of talking this. about Psalm 51 this week. David didn't, didn't functionally recant his faith, but he basically said, I reject God. And, yeah, this, and now exactly. we're talking about all this mercy he received and, and a restored heart. And God's mercy is this 
It's the same. It's inexhaustible, and it's available for Joshua Harris. And the Lord, Lord, have mercy on him and his family. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is to pursue. If, if there's a relationship, obviously, if, if if you don't have a relationship with Josh Harris, don't do this. But if you have a relationship with somebody that you're heartbroken about the path that they're going yeah. down, pursue them with love. So so pray. Uh, but pursue them and pursue them relationally, but connect with them at, at uh, any way that you can in, in showing mm-hmm. tangibly uh, your ongoing commitment to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, walk alongside where, wherever you can. I know that that gets dicey on some, on some things. There's some places and, and things that you, you maybe can't, uh, you know, you can't, you can't uh, be with them because um, it commu- could communicate something that you don't want to communicate, but, love them, pursue them in yeah, love, yeah. Um, and, and do that in faith. Believe that God is uh, going to be at work in their life, both through you and through people around them. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Did you have something hey, Just pray, pray, for, pray for yourself, too. Pray for your yeah, loved right. ones. Lord, hold yeah. on to me. I can't hold yeah. on to you. So that's these songs we sing. You know, you'll hold me fast. Hold me fast, Lord. I yeah. Keep my heart alive to you. Keep yeah. keep opening the scriptures. May they keep letting them be a treasure chest to me. And so I think I pray, Lord, help me. I can't. I can't. No matter how, no matter how much I take care or watch, if you're not holding on to me, yeah. then I'm I'm done. So Lord, have mercy on me. Yeah. Don't let me go. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, thank you uh, for kind of talking through that a little bit. I know it's a topic that that probably is affecting a lot of people uh, in our church and, you know, in our circle of, you know, friends and stuff. But I mean, I I know uh, broadly, even outside our church, a lot of people are affected by this sort of thing. And uh, it's really helpful to be able to talk through it and stuff. So thank you for that. Um, Before we finish the podcast, we're we're racking up some time here, so we'll need to finish quick. But I want to ask you guys, uh, we're kind of entering into, you know, July is coming to an end. We're about to be in August. We're we're about to hit those really extreme summer months where it feels like we're on the surface of the sun. (laughs) Um, And I thought, you know, this this podcast exists to resource and equip our church for Christian life or for taking our faith outside the walls of this church. And some of us take our faith outside the walls of the church to jobs that that are outside. Um, and so I want to ask you guys. At least one of the three is sitting yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> this is secretly about me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so I was going to say, what beautiful thoughts of winter can you leave with us? What I mean, if you had to face the outdoor weather, uh, 105 degrees, the sun is brutal, you know you've got six hours to, to just be working outside. What thoughts of winter would fill your head to give you joy and hope and looking for anticipation for the coming winter months? Mm. I, I would just love to hear like what you would console your heart with. As okay, you face I, I can't the think of anything. Of okay, here, here's something that I used to do as a kid <laughs> that would gear me up for the winter okay. to come. Okay, when I was a little kid, it's in the 80s. Uh-huh. Santa Fe, Texas, yeah. hot summer, Galveston County sun uh-huh. beating down. I'd go to my fridge, uh, the freezer out in the garage. I think I know where you're going with this. I would open up the the freezer, and uh, and I would I would do two things. I would I would breathe in the the you know the the air the yeah. really super cold air. Yeah, and it just got me ready. It just made me think of of winter and of yeah. Christmas and all that kind of stuff. So that's yeah, one that's thing. Good. The other thing I would do is uh, for whatever reason, I think my mom bought uh, at Sam's or something, these frozen honey buns and I would eat 
a frozen honey bun. No way. And smell that. Oh, dude, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and I would just awesome. stand there, just all the electricity, you know, being yeah. being sent out. Yeah, and, uh, for sure. You were certainly not a dad in trouble that point. if my parents walked out there and I would just eat that's a like honey bun. That's like anti-dad behavior. <laughs> Turn off the light. So I don't know if that helps you, Jared, but that's what, uh, that's, that's, that's a practical I, wisdom yeah, that's good. I, 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 I thought about just the, I like fires in the winter when it's cold, yeah. you know, and so that feeling like on the back of your pants. Uh-huh. When, nice. when you're standing by a fire and they touch you and it actually burns yeah. or even just thinking of like a hot, oh, I hot am drink, feeling hot cold chocolate, now just, just thinking about you that. Know, and yeah. I, I would think one day, one day this burning, like it's only a few months away, this burning is going to feel good and, and, and refreshing. So, you know, in a really uh, weird kind of backwards way that, that really helped, but like in the kind of way that doesn't help at all. <laughs> it's like, Hey Jerry, you feel hot, but just imagine being on fire. Now yeah, don't you feel yeah, better? Yeah. <laughs> just think about heat. Yeah, that's right. Rob, I thought what you were going to say is, cause this is something I used to do, but I was a demented little child is just go up and literally stick your head in the freezer and close the door on your neck and just kind of like yeah, let your yeah. head be in the Essentially, freezer. Essentially that's what I would do. Yeah. Today was a day that I wanted to be able to do that, but I couldn't. So well, the day isn't over yet. Sad. You haven't gone to bed yet. You're right. There, the hope still exists. Yeah. There is still hope. You can Wait. always go to the, the the freezer in my garage at any point. Yeah. Midday, just drive over. Dude, what would you, you do? Actually, you, I don't know how no, you get we, in the garage. Wherever you so. are in Dallas, just go to the grocery store. Those ice, those, oh, that's right. those places that hold See, the ice. Now, these are the real kind of things. This is the real advice, guys. This is where it lives. <laughs> Rob, what would you do if you came home from work? You open your garage, you're pulling in, and you look up, and there I am <laughs> with like my sweaty head Jared. in the... Yeah, sweaty Jared, but his head is in the freezer. I'd want to know how to get in there first. How did you manage to get into... And what's my security look like at my house I need to make yeah, sure I'm, okay. I'm locking the doors okay that's good uh, cool well uh, I'd be glad you were there get, getting cooled off but I would be concerned about my security okay so it'd be yeah. bittersweet for yeah, you right. okay <laughs> thanks for letting me know that I'll I'll be sure anytime I come over to stick my head in your freezer to, to, to warn you <laughs> just let my wife know you're coming that's good. That's or let good. my kids and my dog know as well yeah well I think you know guys uh, the kind of answers I was looking for I'm not sure we we arrived to them but <laughs> what were you looking for I was looking for like good advice. Okay. <laughs> like advice that's actually helpful. And you're talking about just this last question, not the whole thing. Oh, right? no, 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 no. The we're, whole thing was great. We're no, going to no. post this. Right? <laughs> yes. okay. Let's just, re- let's yeah. just delete. No, 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 no. I'm not. Our, our serious discussion was phenomenal. I'm talking about right now. Okay. I'm just kind of, you know, pick, anyways, it doesn't matter. It's just so hot out there that I just sometimes want to cry and nothing can make me feel better. Well, here's so. some good news. There's only one more week of podcast without Craig because Craig's that coming back, and That's so true. you'll probably get a lot better answers. Oh. These <laughs> yeah, he, he can give you some more specific questions pointers. No, he'll yeah. just shake his head and and say like, "Oh my," yeah. like something like that. He'll say that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what we should. All right. Done. Well, um, yeah, we're looking forward to Craig being back. That's exciting. And uh, Rob, you're going to be preaching this Sunday. Is that this right? Sunday, and then Craig uh, is back, and he'll preach uh, one more psalm. Wow! And so we have two more psalms. Cool, man. And then, uh, then he's going to start a new series. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the fall. I'm excited to hear you preach again uh, this Sunday, Rob. And uh, again, just uh, before we finish things off, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time out of your evening. And uh, Caleb, thank you again for serving our church. Absolutely. So, fantastic. Cool. Well, thanks, guys, for listening again. Yeah. As a reminder, you can text in your sermon-related questions to 469-573-2920, and we'll get them answered here. We hope you guys have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye. Have a great week.